Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a brand new edition of Battle Red Radio. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is producer Nico. That's me. All right, we're just hanging out here on the Friday edition of the Battle Red Radio. Gearing up for the final week of the NFL scene, the NFL season. Um, putting to bed what has been a particularly rough NFL season to follow for Texans fans. We don't have too many of these type seasons. Like, we've had disappointing seasons. Last year wasn't great, but it was four wins at least. This year, two wins and a tie coming into week 18. Coming in high. It uh, doesn't... <laughs> doesn't feel great it doesn't feel great so probably on some level there's a little bit of 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 joy to be right here at this point uh before we get into anything too too crazy let's go ahead and talk about first of all damar hamlin let's give the bit the latest update all the news that that has been reported as of late thursday night when we recorded this damar hamlin is mentally intact they say he is still listed as critically ill. However, his eyes have opened. He's squeezed his hand. He's responding to questions, I think, with written statements is what it, it, it appears in some of the articles I'm reading. So by all accounts, it looks as though DeMar Hamlin is taking the steps towards recovery, uh, which is good news on that front that everyone's Twitter thoughts and prayers came through. I'm being a little sarcastic about that. I kind of hate Twitter thoughts and prayers, but... I am glad that he is well. I'm glad that they saved his life. I'm glad that he is alive and okay. Um, now we got to kind of get into the ramifications of all of this, though. So the NFL has announced that they will be canceling the Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game. There will not be a remake. There will not be a replay. It is just a done factor. Just that alone already had ramifications. Listen, uh, what I'm about to say and talk about is ancillary to the fact that he's alive. I know that. Everyone knows that. No one is devaluing human life here with this conversation. However, part of football is fantasy football and part of football is gambling. By them canceling this game and by them postponing it the way they did and then saying it wasn't going to be replayed all week, it, effect, it, had, it affected tons of outcomes of things. Um, I personally know someone, the captain, Joey Savage, who lost his fantasy football championship by .26 points with a player active in the game. Um, there's probably lots of bets that way. The bookies are just simply canceling bets that involved this game, paying out refunds where it's appropriate, things of that nature. The The... The game, the ramifications from stopping the game, not continuing the game, now canceling the game, are are widespread, and it affects a lot of things. Should the Bengals and the 
and the Bills both win this weekend, that game still would have needed to be played for seeding for the one seed at the AFC Championship level between the Bills and the uh, Chiefs, who are currently the one seed. However, now the conversation has become, instead of that, what if they just play the AFC Championship game on a neutral field, since we won't fairly know who the one seed is? Uh, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm livid about that. I don't want anything to do with that. That's uh, that's totally unfair to me. That is not that's not somewhere. The injury is horrific. The instant situation is terrible, but it really doesn't have anything to do with the Chiefs. So to in some way punish the Chiefs by taking away the home field advantage that they have currently earned and hold. That feels very unfair. Is that what they're doing moving forward? That's one of the conversations. They haven't decided yet. The AFC, basically what they're doing is they're trying to kick the can as far forward as they can while they settle things as they come up. Um, they have established everyone's playing next this week. They have gone that far. They have established that, that, that no one is taking this weekend off. So that's step one. Step two is how to address how to address the disparity in games because these are two teams that are seated right in the middle of the AFC playoff picture, the two and the three seed. And so one of the solutions they came up with was that, you know, Buffalo's complaint is that without the two games, we can't catch Kansas City. So currently one of the ideas that's floated and being considered is a neutral site for the AFC championship game. Because that would be where the one and the two seed meet, if they meet at all. Right. Well, but why should the Chiefs give up home field advantage, though? Uh, nicety? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, on what planet is it the Chiefs' problem that any of this happened? And I'm not trying to be cold or disheartening about it, but, like, the Chiefs earned the one seed specifically so that they could play at home in the playoffs. Yeah, it does feel a little bit counterintuitive to, to not let them play at their own stadium. Right, simply because there weren't enough games for the Bills to catch them. Like, that's the... That's not... I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, Just I'm not does, sure. It feels like a non-solution. It feels like a, a way to... It feels like a solution that's weighted towards the Bills. Which I mean, something did happen to them, so let's not let's not forget that part of the conversation. But through no fault of anyone's, like personal, it wasn't right. like a personal attack. It wasn't like the Chiefs like doctored medical reports pre-game or something. Like they're not involved in this at all. So to do it this way feels just nuts. It just feels nuts to me. It does feel like a strange... I mean, they haven't made an official decision, but it does feel odd because it it feels completely separate from what actually happened. Right. I, I, I'm not sure how you get to the spot where you go... Um, Clearly, it's an insider working for the Bills. Right. Well, I'm just not sure how you get to the spot where you go, team currently in the onesie that has nothing to do with this situation. To make it up to the team who didn't finish their game. 
you're going to give something up. Yeah, if anything, it should be like an automatic concession. Be like, look, something happened to us, so we got to make it up to you. Yeah, because, and this and it does sound bad, but you're right. The Bills do owe a game to the league, to the fans, to the ticket holders. The Bills and the Bengals owe a game to the NFL. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure how how you get to the spot where you go. Okay, Chiefs, you give up uh, home field advantage in the playoffs for the championship game of the AFC. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. Now you don't get home field advantage. So if they wind up making that decision, which they might, they've got a few weeks to look at it, but they're trying to come up with a solution that seems reasonable. And I hope the Chiefs, for their sake, I hope they find a way to make the reasonable but eloquent and fair argument that this doesn't, this doesn't solve the woes of the Bills and the Bengals. Right, not at all. So, we're going to keep an eye on it, but I this was sort of the issue that I was kind of projecting out was if they didn't play the game Tuesday or Wednesday of last of this week, like there's no reasonable way to solve the problem and now that's basically where we're at is now now the question becomes what do you do? And there's not a great answer on any on any particular level yeah not really by not playing the game and, and I understand the situation I, I really 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 do but by not doing something about it Tuesday Wednesday they now have put themselves in a, in a place where these two playoff teams are going to have 17 games and everyone else has 18 and on some level that doesn't feel appropriate either what do you mean they're just playing by last year's rules it's fine yeah, that's fine. That's fine. By the way, last year with COVID, where they had really strict rules about playing and they did move several games, they moved several games. They played Thursday games, Friday games, uh, things of that nature. So I'm not totally convinced that there aren't, that there weren't options for this. They just chose to do this instead, and I don't know that this was right. It feels like an odd decision for sure. Um, I, I, I think, I think they need to, what it does show that is interesting is that there isn't an emergency plan for what to do if a game gets delayed a whole day. Like they've had weather delays, but they wait them out and they finish the game. They play the game. I don't know what they would do if they're like, what would they do if they were in a situation where weather kind of sprang up on them and kept them at bay for three hours or something? Then what do they do? How do they play that game? They nap and reconvene. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but you can't start a game at midnight. You know what I mean? Like Totally could. You theoretically 100% could. You, you could, but there's so much money involved in the NFL that they know better than that. Those snicker ads have got to get watched by somebody. So, I mean, Quick, I 14-hour ad break. Go. <laughs> go. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that... Um, They've kind of put themselves in a box, and it's got to at least make them wonder, like, did they make the right choice? And they might they might not feel like they did. That might have a lot to do with... i trying to be polite about this, but that might have a lot to do with how they plan this in the future. Like, letting, letting Buffalo fly home from Cincinnati on Tuesday was a huge mistake. Was it? 
Yeah, because if they keep them there, they can play a game Tuesday night or Wednesday day or something. Something. Even if they had this game Wednesday in the afternoon and no one was there, at least they played the game and the everything was recorded that mattered. I mean, I guess that's fair point, but then you would have had the same argument of like, oh, but then, you know, then we got a game three days later and we're all tired and we're just going to Yeah, lose. but you got to have the game. I mean, you got to have it. You got to have the game. There's no there's no there's no way around that. They just, and they do play the Sunday Thursday turnarounds. So that does happen sometimes. But you you've got to get out there and play You got to play the same number of games as every other team. And there was two there's too many different elements rating on this. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the playoff brackets here before we get out today. That the the game just had too many important elements to not to not play. And I, and I and even if it was a day or two later, they they really needed to get that game in. They really did. Um, and you think you they're know, just going to add another game just post this 18th week? No, no, I don't. Because this is a two and a three seed, so that's going to screw up the playoffs if they make them play a game after the between the Patriots game and the start of the playoffs. Like, so so picture this: they they delay the playoffs one week. And Thursday night or Friday night, they play a Bills-Bengals game. And in that game, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow gets seriously hurt and is going to miss the playoffs. They're going to feel extra stupid now. I guess so. Then it is, even, is it even worth it to risk it? No, no and that's a problem. Like you To play it out of order just to make up the game doesn't work. Do you think we're That's just why they get ha- to, we're just gonna get no game at all? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I honestly, I think the the statements from the league at this point make it seem like they are not gonna come back and play this game no matter what, and they're trying to come up with alternative solutions to what to do about the unequal number of games that were played, and the fact that now the two seed can't mathematically catch the one seed, even though they are within, they were within catching speed at the beginning of last week. Uh, and really the three seed could have caught the two seed if they played it all out. So the game was important on a bunch of different levels for the seeding for the top three spots in the playoffs. Uh, L, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do? That's And that's that's why they, they should have had some... The NFL should have had some kind of plan. And let's be, let's be honest and be really... Let's be really cold-hearted for eight seconds here. Let's say this, and I know it sounds bad. But there are people on these teams who have already watched other players be paralyzed. Uh, the NFL has already had a player die on the field before. They've, they, they've literally been at practices where players have been paralyzed and been hurt, severely injured. These players have been on fields when players have been ambulanced off of them. There wasn't a new element to this. I understand it was scary and different because of the unique situation where it was kind of a non-contact thing that occurred when he passes out like that and then they're fighting for his life on the field and that is scary but this argument that some of the players are making that like football has never been life or death football is always life and death these guys while they do the battle talk of oh I'm a warrior and I will die for you and blah 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 and they don't really really mean that people have died on the field and people have been paralyzed on the field and it has happened and most recently the most recent one was in college football where the Oregon kid got paralyzed, I think, in the opening kickoff on, on national TV on a Saturday. And then they just uh, 
you know, they went away, they ambulanced them out, and they came back to the game 20 minutes later and started it back up and finished the game. I mean, like, it's it's weird because we can be both so heartless and so, like, we care. I think, the, I think really what's such a big thing and I think why they made such a big push to talk about, like, his neurological condition is because of the, all of the concussion woes that the NFL has been having this year. Oh, no, I totally agree. I think the NFL feels very exposed right now. I think they feel like player. I think the reason, you know, you and I talk about this a lot personally, that, that, that there are certain things that I think people monkey pile on because it's an easy moral win. Mm-hmm. You can always look like the good guy when you're coming to the aid of children. You can always look like the good guy when you're talking bad about drunk drivers. You can always look like the good... You know what I'm saying? Like, there are easy moral victories. Mm -hmm. And I think this was everyone... This was an easy moral win for everybody. This guy has a really scary moment on the field, and it's a really scary second. And the NFL can look very player-friendly by letting the teams go to the locker room and not come back. Right, and be like, look, we stopped the game. We made sure everyone got the thing. Everyone got to go home, hug their families... Like you can't believe we, that. On we us. knew, we knew this was a really stressful instant, and we didn't want to. For our furthest from our concerns was what to do about the actual football of the matter, when that's really their only business. I mean, the, the reality is, this was an easy moral win for everyone, but now we're back to the real world of what do we do about all these different parts and these problems about it, and in in you don't want so I don't nobody wants anyone to die, and I do feel terrible that there's so much still unknown about what happened with DeMar Hamlin. The doctor's not ready to comment on what the cause of it was. He did a press conference kind of doing an update, and the reporters tried to immediately get into, you know, the different things and situations. Was it a was it a cardiac arrest? Was it this? Was it that? And the doctor was, was immediately like, listen, we're not, we're not doing that stuff yet. Like, we don't know yet. Like, we're not going to get into it. And that's fine. He can do that, but only for so long, right? Like, at some point, they're going to want answers for why all this happened. Um... So I, I just, I understand what they wanted to do in the moment was be compassionate, be thoughtful, be considerate, be caring, look like the good guy, even though they they aren't. The NFL is not the good guy when it comes to player safety. They added a game. The concussion protocols are, are BS. This year has proven that beyond any kind of shadow of a doubt. Uh, and the player the players' union has no control over the player safety issues, it appears. Uh, and if they do, they certainly haven't exercised it. And all of that was, all that's been obvious all season. So this was an easy moment for them to go, let's be the good guys. But the truth is, this, the ramifications and the effects, they've, they've put themselves in, in a pretty interesting bind where there's not a reasonable, equitable way to repair this now. No, not at all, and it's it's in a it's in a really frustrating time for them. I assume because they're so like there's so much out there that they can't control, and there's so much negative press now. Everyone's just willing to just move on it at a moment's notice. Because look, we're not fans of the NFL. We're fans of the NFL because we like football, and it's you know it's like America's pastime. I know baseball wants to hold that title, but whatever, I don't care. Um, <laughs> You know, sports is a really big part of a lot of people's lives. 
And it is. They always talk about sports being the great escape, right? After 9-11, they talk about the Giants-Jets games. And I feel like now is, we're kind of in a weird spot where like everything is so polarized. Like, even this thing that we're all supposed to like come together, sing kumbaya, but like at a drop of a hat, it's like everything bad comes out all at once. Yeah, because they, they kind of tried to push it aside, right? Like they wanted to be super, super Yeah, but what about Damar? Let's let's take care of Damar first. Let's make sure Damar's okay. Alright, well that story is kinda of coming to the back burner. He's waking up, he's responding, he's mentally intact. They're gonna get into the physical nature of stuff here pretty soon. But in the meantime, football's coming back up. It's Thursday. It's Friday morning now. It's time to talk about football again. We're gonna pick a winner between a go a game that could not matter less here in a couple of minutes. So yeah, they it's time it's time to get ready for the playoffs. Oh, what do we do about the one seed, the two seed, and the three seed? Oh right, we didn't replay that game. And so yeah, I think there is a bit of a, a a big issue there that they have put themselves in the middle of because I do think they went too far the other way in an effort to cover up the obvious lack of, of genuine care that they have for these people and these players, which is what you're kind of touching on when you talk about how the player safety has been such a mess this year. It's hard to it's hard to take the league seriously when they clearly just haven't been when they've pushed so many things to the side and now that it's come back and in full force they have to scramble to make decisions. It'd be like the prison guard coming in asking how your mental health is doing, right? Like dude, I'm in prison. It's pretty bad. Oh, I'm fine. It's swell here. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It it does. It feels very, yeah. Like with them being the one who can obviously solve it, and not, and then to have them be like player safety means a lot to us. Oh, okay, cool, neat, good, good talk. I, I do agree. I think this was kind of a scary. I. It only it only matters when everyone can see it. It's the it's, right. I mean, that's literally what the what was it called? What was that? Like, it wasn't a documentary, but it was a movie where, like, they were talking about all the brain injuries from football. The, the, oh, uh, the Will Smith movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that called? It might have just been called Concussion, honestly. I don't remember. I think so. It's called Concussion because his accent was terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you're right. Like, it, and also they don't, they don't, like, they don't care unless they're caught. Like, that's kind of the NFL's MO for everything. That's but and that's all sports, you know. Major League Baseball with the Astros cheating scandal, they they desperately tried to hide the fact that baseball did that they also knew the Yankees were cheating at the same time, and there's a letter that they signed that said as much, and it got read in court. But the Yankees and baseball spent a year and a half fighting it in court. Well, why is baseball fighting something in court about a letter? Oh, it's because it it, it shows that they were very one sided and hypocritical in their actions publicly. Oh, okay. And that's sort of the problem with with these organized these organizations, you know, the NCAA. Why were they always so adamant that players not get paid? Oh, it's because suddenly then they have more power and, and the ability to. They don't need college football anymore. College football now needs them, which was um, always so, the case, by the way. Uh, it was less the case when there was when most of the people couldn't afford it. When when the here's the thing: when the college is providing your housing, your food. Your transportation, your training, your ability to elevate your lifestyle and status, 
when the co- when the college football team controls all of it and let's say you don't really want to be a professional football player but you're good enough to be on the team and on scholarship they control your academics too make no mistake they can pull your scholarship and now what are you going to do if you're that broke kid coming from nowhere Atlanta and now you can't afford to stay at the University of Georgia yeah, but um, if they're if they're so talented that they can elevate your program, even if they're not going to the NFL, you need them as much as they need you. It's an exchange, not a not a hostage situation. Uh, yes and no, because there were other players. But now that these people are getting paid, you know they talk about the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are making seven or eight million dollars. Now the quarterback gets to pick the school that he goes to. He can make seven million dollars playing at Missouri, just like he can in Alabama. Back in the day, that wouldn't have been the case. And if he played at Missouri, he probably wouldn't have been draftable just because people didn't know enough about Missouri. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, the colleges had a lot more power. The NCAA had a lot more power. And now all of a sudden, it's like, nah, it's cool, dude. I'll, I'll, the car dealership's going to give me a car. I'm going to have X amount of money in the bank. I get to develop my brand and control my story more. I don't need you now. And that's that's the thing. Is the NCAA, the NFL, all these guys, they they really do struggle in these are in these in these cases, in the arguments. They almost everything they do is fighting against the interest of the people that make up their entity. Yeah, because that's where the that's where the money is. That's, that's where, where the control the is. is. Um, get this. This is I don't even remember which coach it was. One of the assistant coaches for one of the teams just recently it was announced he's going to be suspended for the rest of the season and it's for gambling but not for gambling on football it's expressly against the rules for any of them to gamble on football anyone who's a member of a coaching staff or the league office it's expressly against the rules for them to gamble at all even though they're sponsored by several different gambling books and gambling entities wrap your brain around that uh, that makes sense. It's like you, you can have the Kool-Aid, but you can't drink it. I hope you're being sarcastic, because like, I, I read the story and I thought to myself, how dumb is this that they're willing to tell everyone in America that they should gamble, but then when they find out that one of their own is gambling, they, they suspend him and they threaten to fire him. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's a conflict of interest. Like, oh, this guy's... No, but he wasn't... No, they investigated it. They investigated it thoroughly. He wasn't gambling football. He was gambling... Like basket, uh, college sports, and like basketball or something, uh, but they went through his account. They went through all of it. But do you really think these guys aren't gambling? Like when they get on golf courses, do you think they're not gambling between friends? Do you think they're not playing poker? Do you think they're not playing table games and casinos? Like all of that's included in this ban. That ban seems definitely a little silly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they are willing to let uh, Caesar's listen. Caesar Sports, uh, Caesar Sportsbook. Right now, all three Manning brothers and Archie Manning are the sponsors of it. Can't gamble against the rules. So, like, I don't know who. who, It's okay for them, but it's not okay for the assistant quarterbacks coach to have an account with Caesars. I don't understand. I'm I'm not now. Listen, they can't bet football, and I'm fine with that, and I understand that, and they shouldn't be, and that is a hundred percent an enforceable rule. And their accounts, if they're going to have one, should be modified and, and, and monitored and all of that. However, however, after you put that protocol in place, 
If you're taking that sponsor's money, there seems to be no reason why they shouldn't be able to play blackjack on the app or bet horses or whatever else is on the app. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, where are they getting this from? Uh, clearly what they're trying to say is, uh, how to catch any NFL, uh, anyone who's, who's worked with the NFL, if you say bet next to them and they will, they will have to run immediately from whatever you just said. <laughs> uh, I remember there was like a, a, a hack people were talking about where if you're playing, a you know, like a first person shooter or one of those games and you're getting killed by a guy from like, who's a Chinese pro or something. If you say Tiananmen Square, their computer immediately will boot them out because their internet censored. That's terrible. Or like, <laughs> it, it's or funny. like the, the my favorite joke of that variety of if if you were suspecting someone's a, a cop, just ask them if they're a policeman. They're, they're obligated <laughs> like, to tell the truth. They have to tell you the truth. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's true. Um. All right, so let's jump into this Texans Colts game. The least important thing on our show, our team. Let's go. Man. All right, so week 18, we come into this game, well, blazing hot, 2-13-1. Yeah, that's a record, baby. (laughs) Playing a Colts team, 4-11-1. I I don't, I mean. Do we have to pick? I don't want to pick anymore. I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you want yeah, out I'm, now? I'm done. We're good. We had the conversation I wanted to have. Uh, We'll do this real quick. We'll, we won't go. I don't. We don't want to win, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm of the belief that we want to lose. I'm assuming most Texans fans at this point don't want to win. Uh, what, winning would literally be the adverse effect. If we win, we lose. So we need to lose in so, so we many can other win ways. later. Oh, ESPN's matchup predictor has us as a seventy-six percent likely to win. We just gotta, we just gotta be worse. It's fine. We've done it before. We have. We really have. We've let a lot of people down this year. Not excluding me. So, for the first time all year, we are two and a half point favorites. Let's go, baby! I worked really hard to beat the over under. An even 38. 38. <laughs> that doesn't even suspect that both teams break 20. I wouldn't expect both teams to break 20. We haven't broken... We've I've, broken 20... We haven't broken 24. That's literally the maximum. And we did that in one game. Okay, so on the team stats that they throw up here on ESPN's matchup page... They point out that both teams average 16.1 points per yeah, game. Yeah, that sounds about right. And we are... We average letting up, though... Where's... Oh, 24 points a game. So 24.3 and 24.7. Our records are really almost identical, and they have two more wins than us? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Shows you the true power That's just of how the Ryan. NFL... Well, it just <laughs> it just shows you how the NFL how it works. Like now I've been talking about this all year. There there are always these games that get decided by one point, two points, three points. So like statistically, a lot of teams will lay pretty close to each other, but have three or four win differences, and it's because of 
that's where coaching matters. You got to make the right decisions at the right time. You got to make the, the consistent plays, stuff like that. So, yeah. All right, let's do this. Um, both teams are averaging 16 points. Both teams are averaging giving up 24 points. The Texans average total yards of 296.8 a game. The Colts, 332.8. Passing, it's 208.2 versus 227.8. Rushing, it's 88.6 versus 104.4. Literally almost identical. Yards allowed. All of Yeah, it really is. Yards allowed. This is the biggest difference. We give up 50 more yards per game, basically. Passing yards, or total yards, 391.5 versus 348.4. But passing yards, listen to this, 222.9 versus 220.3. And then rushing yards, 168.6 versus, this is all the difference right here, 128.1. It's that 40 yards difference in rushing. The, the fact that we both average over 100 yards rushing for the opponent is not, that's bad. It's not great. It's not a good look for us. It's really not. Okay, uh, I'd love for us to go out and just throw a safety down and then kneel it out the rest of the game. Yeah, that'd be great. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like put in the put in our so, fifth string quarterback. Like put the practice squad on the field. Let everyone just take the rest so of the dirty. season off. It's such a dirty way to do it. All right, two and a half points. 38 over under. What are you doing, Nico? Uh, I'm taking the under, and I want the Colts to win. I'm not saying they will. I want them to. You want them to. Okay. All right. Uh, are you going to do anything about the points? Uh, under, definitely. No, the minus two oh, and a half minus for the Colts. Do you half? take it or not? Uh, I'll give it to the Colts. Why not? I don't. Okay. So now you're saying the Colts are going to. Well, if they win it all, they cover. Exactly. Never mind. You're right. Yeah. Unless they win okay. by one point um, somehow. No, no. I mean, if they win at all, oh, yeah, then yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Never mind. Because they're, they're minus mean. two and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I think the right bet, and I don't... No, because of the spread, I'm going to take the Colts and the points. If you're, gonna, if you're giving up points in a Texans game, you're a fool. So, I'm going to take the, the, the minus two and a half with the Colts. Um, just because I don't think the Texans are going to... Like, do I really think the Texans are going to win by three points? Probably not. So... And I'm going to take the under. I think the under is pretty safe there at 38. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. God, watch, this, watch this be like the absolute craziest game on the planet. 38, 37. Yeah, it's like when it's 40 to 42. I love that. The Colts. If just once we we looked competent, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I shouldn't. I really. You know what though? Like I'm I'm saying that out of kind of disgust with the season, but like we looked Fine. competitive in most of the season. Right. Considering really our did. team is kind of trash, that's really impressive. Considering the how under under talented our roster is. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, I'm we, with there you. was time. We somehow every week that we were like, man, I can't wait to get blown up. We weren't, which is super impressive. <laughs> right, and and that had a lot to do with. I really think that's where you got to give credit to to Lovey Smith 
and to the coaching staff that they kept the team motivated, that the team played close most of the year. Um, I mean, there were the occasional blowouts, but we, we minimized those even knowing we weren't going to be doing anything particularly special. Um, but yeah, I just... I'm ready for the offseason. I'm ready to start talking about what's gonna, what are we going to do to make the team better. I'm ready to look forward to all of that. But it was a it was a hard season. This was a hard season to cover. This was a hard first year to do a show about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know... If they won this, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We'd still be somewhere in the top-ish with all of it. we got to see how it all plays out. Um, but before we get out, we do want to kind of point out the NFL playoff machine here and just look at, like, there are some games everyone should be paying attention to. Uh, obviously, the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing on Saturday night. And okay, here you go. So if Tennessee, oh, I can. If Tennessee were to win, what does that do? Yeah, it makes them the four seed. Okay. If the Patriots win, what does that do to everybody? Changes the whole world. I actually have no idea. Well, it gets the Patriots in, but because Buffalo and Cincinnati didn't play, I don't think it moves anything for either one of them. Let's see. Oh, no, see? So this is what's crazy. So if the Patriots do play their way into the playoffs, let's say they beat Buffalo, Mm. and the Bengals beat the Ravens, then the Bengals and the Buffalo switch. So the Bengals become the two seed. I see. Does it matter if the if the Raiders win? It does not. Uh, okay. Oh well, too bad Raiders. But that's because there haven't been enough games. The Chiefs would be thirteen and four, and the Bengals are twelve and four. And winning percentage is how these things are decided. The Bengals don't have as many. They don't have as many wins. So their win percentage doesn't matter. Yeah, kind of like again. This is there is sort of a a mess to all of this. Uh, let's see what happens if where the Chargers at. Who are they playing? The Chargers are playing the Broncos. What if the Chargers were to lose? Impossible. The Chargers would never lose. Well, that's not too that crazy. <laughs> if the Chargers lose and Baltimore were to win. Baltimore gets in, but the Chargers stay in as well. So who do they just... Oh, they swap seating with it. Interesting. Okay. All right. So these are the games we're looking at here. Games to pay attention to. The Chiefs-Raiders game does not matter. Because of the canceled Buffalo-Bengals game, there's nothing that can move the Chiefs from the one seed now. But the Saturday night game is Titans at Jacksonville. Winner of that game is going to the playoffs straight up. And they're going in as the four seed because they win a division. Good for them. Good uh, for them. Yeah. The Bengals, the Patriots, and the Bills game matters because if the Patriots win, the Patriots are in. 
If the Patriots lose... If the Patriots lose and Miami wins, Miami makes it. If the Patriots lose and the Jets win, Pittsburgh makes it. What? Yeah. This... If the Patriots lose, the Jets win, and the Browns win, the Patriots make it. Man, imagine having to like win an entire Rube Goldberg machine just to get into the playoffs, and then lose in round like two. This is what it, this is what this is what is the last week does, and this is scheduling the division games like this really really did wind up mattering, and I think it's a really interesting thing. So, the games to watch here: you got to watch the Patriots and the Bills. You got to watch. The Ravens-Bengals game. You've got to watch the Jets-Dolphins game. The Browns-Steelers game. This is like 15 games, Corey. I don't got time for this. <laughs> you got to keep your eye on the outcomes. Those outcomes can determine things. And the Packers, of course, can still make it simply by winning uh, against Detroit at home in Green Bay Sunday night. Wow, that seems like the surefirest win ever. If they don't, St. Louis makes it. Or Seattle makes it, I mean. St. Louis? What St. Louis football program are you talking about? (laughs) That was where the Rams were for a long time. That's fair. If Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, Green Bay still goes. So Seattle is not in charge of their own destiny. I'd love to see it. If If the Rams were to win... Oh, wow. Detroit gets in unless Green Bay wins, and then Green Bay goes. Look at that. This is so fun. It's it's interesting. I'm playing with our little predictor thing here. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of football, relevant football still to be played, and there could have been a little bit more uh, if everything had played out a little differently. Well, we don't live in that. But area, they did a good job this year. There, there are six, seven games with playoff implications this weekend, uh, and it all starts Saturday night with the Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars. We will see. That is something that we were talking about last week because our games didn't matter at all. Our game is pretty irrelevant, but the winner of the other game in our division determines the division winner and determines the four seed for the AFC playoffs. Hilarious. Can't wait to see it. So the winner of the Jacksonville Jaguars Tennessee Titans game gets a home field playoff game the very next week against the five seed. Whoever it might be. It could be This is an exciting week, I think. It will be. It's either going to be the Ravens or the Chargers, depending on who wins and who loses. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot that can be decided still. So, everyone have a great weekend of NFL excitement. Watch the games. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, let's keep an eye out for player safety. Everyone stay safe and be safe. And we'll uh, we'll be here all off season, covering the playoffs, covering all of that fun stuff. Also talking about draft options. Also talking about as things happen. There, we know there's there is every year a Bloody Monday where teams fire head coaches. So we'll talk about stuff like that. We're going to cover all kinds of exciting off-season news as we get into it. This is Battle Red Radio and your host, Corey DLG. And with me, as always, producer Nico. 